Hi Alex, you were at the budget lockdown yesterday and you've written a blog post that breaks down the federal budget in regards to DFAT and aid. What are the big takeaways for this budget and what might it mean for Australian diplomacy and aid? Right, well, let's look at the hierarchy of cuts. That might be one way to look at it um, in terms of magnitude. So I guess the biggest cut uh, to foreign affairs and aid is in the aid budget itself. And in the forward estimates, about 7.6 billion has been cut out of what was the projected aid budget. So it's important to remember that this is not cuts in terms of um, the nominal spending, like compared with last year or the year before, but actually a cut back in the projected growth of the aid budget. So those cuts are going to start really digging in towards 2017 and 18. And what the government's done with this, as it telegraphed quite clearly early this year and late last year when it merged um, AusAid into DFAT, is that aid will be pegged to CPI rather than growing to some ambitious target um, in terms of percentage of GNI, what it will do is grow with CPI. But what wasn't expected in this budget is that it would not start growing with CPI for another couple of years. So for this year and for next year, it's capped at 5 billion. So that's probably the single biggest cut and has had a very big impact on the budget bottom line as well. It was one of the biggest budget items um, last, uh, last night. So do you believe that DFAT will be able to provide these efficiency requirements you talk about and that the government wants to meet, and especially after cutting its budget, staff and absorbing AusAid and other bodies within DFAT? What sort of implications could we see uh, resulting from this? So with the merger of the Department of Foreign Affairs and aid, and with also some additional functions brought into foreign affairs, including tourism and some of the climate change functions and responsibilities, this is now a much bigger department. But what has happened to the department is that its staff numbers will be cut quite dramatically. So it's losing about 10% of its staff, or about 550 positions. So that's going to be have a pretty dramatic effect. Some of it has probably already started to happen with the merger of the departments. Um, they've both been working together to try and merge the functions together, rationalise the positions, remove the duplications. But 550 people um, lost from two departments is going to require a, a lot of reorganisation and a lot of heartache um, from both foreign affairs and aid. These are quite deep cuts and quite harsh efficiency demands on a small department that's already been subjected to, to decades of it. Um, what will happen in the short term is a, is a big disruption in the department's functions. Um, I think they're very busy reorganising themselves and finding out who is going to do what. So there's some disruption in an operational sense and that's obviously difficult for a department to do its sort of ongoing work. Hopefully that will resolve itself within the year and DFAT will get on with doing what it does best, which is foreign affairs and diplomacy. But sometime in the next three years, it will be very good to hear from the foreign minister and from this government what they do, what they intend to do to address what we've called Australia's diplomatic deficit, and that is building up Australia's diplomatic network and our diplomatic capabilities to a level which is somewhere consistent with that, that that the OECD nations generally provide. So there was $100 million committed to the new Colombo plan, which was the new foreign minister's signature foreign affairs initiative. And that's a significant investment in a new public diplomacy and diplomatic initiative in the region. 
we have a very small diplomatic service, we have a very small diplomatic footprint, and that is something which both sides of government have been acknowledging for the last few years, but have not been able to do anything about in a budget sense, or have not been minded to do something about it in a budget sense um, since 2009. So we'll see how that falls out. Do you think the increase in the defence budget with the cuts to DFAT are a concern, especially in regards to how the government plans to conduct its foreign policy? The increase in the defence budget, well, I'm going to leave that to the defence experts because uh, there are a number of ways of cutting the defence budget, but I think the overall takeout is that defence has had a good budget. Um, it has had a small investment overall in this year and over the forward estimates and is probably on track to do what the Defence Minister has committed to do, in fact what the government has committed to do, which is to increase the defence expenditure to 2% of GDP within a decade, and that's a clear budget commitment in this budget. What implications that is going to have on foreign affairs? I don't know. Within every budget there is going to be give and take. Um, the give to defence might have been a take from diplomacy this year. I don't know where the government sort of drew the line on its pluses and minuses, but it's time for foreign affairs. Its time has certainly come. The foreign minister has committed to growing the Department of Foreign Affairs and increasing its capability and making sure it's adapted to meet the demands of our time, which is an increasingly engaged um, environment for Australia, where Australia is more and more reliant on our international engagement, our exports, our investment, our foreign direct investment in Australia. It can't do this without a capable diplomatic service and without a well-resourced um, diplomatic network. So we await the next budget and perhaps even earlier um, to see when the government is going to follow through on that commitment. Alex, thanks so much.